Welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. My name is Aaron Kavanagh and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. Our interviews are mainly recorded to be transcribed, but every now and again we release the audio in a series we call PostBurnout.com interviews. If you enjoy what we do, be sure to subscribe. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with the Cavan hip-hop artist Bless. He talks about a single, Hit Me Up, working with producer King Barry, their musical collective, The Spider and the Crown. Coming from no scene in Cavan to the hip-hop scene in Dublin, his utilisation of the Jersey Club B, how he became a musician from going to church, his first headlining show at the Soundhouse in Dublin, and more. I want to note that there's a bit of a jump cut in this episode and that's because uh, during the interview, Zoom just decided to mess up a little bit. Thankfully, it only happens once and the episode could still be salvaged. Yeah, the first thing I just want to ask, like, it's just how you kind of uh, got started in music. What made you want to become an artist? Uh, Jeez, yeah, that's a good question. Um, You see, I I went to college and one of my friends, like my close friend from secondary school, he was doing computer science. And he introduced me to this guy named King Barry, who uh, was in his course. And like, I'd always like wrote raps in school. Like they weren't any good, <laughs> but uh, I was like, yeah, I'd love to try my hand at that. And then when I met King Barry, um, he was like, yo, I make beats and stuff like that. And let me produce for you. And then he, you know, he, he sent over the first set of beats and we started making music together. And then that was just a whole journey itself, you know? Yeah. And obviously, King Barry, I mean, you end up making um, The Spider and the Crown with him. I was wondering if you could maybe tell us a bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, Spider and Crown is like, I'm the spider, and he's the crown, because obviously he's the king. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, that was just kind of, we we played with, we toyed with a lot of different names for like our collective in the way that like, like a Drake would have OVO or whatever it is, or J. Cole would have Dreamville. Um we actually just needed to set up an email for um, an event we were hosting and we needed a name. And we we're just like, all right, let's just call it Spider Crown. Yeah. <laughs> it just became that. And like, obviously one day we wanted to grow to this thing where we have artists under us and, you know, we work with all sorts of different people, producers and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, just going back actually to so how you got into music. So uh, for you, I mean, like what, you said you were like, um, you started rapping in school, but I mean, like, what, what were your inspirations? Like, what were you listening to then? Oh, see, like, what it was is actually like, I kind of, I grew up like in a church hmm. and um, me and my brothers, we played instruments in the, in the church. Like I, I learned guitar and drums. So I was always kind of like musical from the start. Like, like my oldest brother was like my first like influence of like rap music. I remember he used to like, play Eminem encore for us and he'd get like the TV remote and he'd make us learn like 50 Cent and Dr. Dre's parts and he'd do Eminem and like, that was like my first like introduction of like rapping yeah. so then when it got to like you know um college times when I met KB I was just I was into I was huge into like just the UK scene you know what I mean like Dave and, and Stormzy and you know Fredo and then obviously the American guys like Drake and J. Cole and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when you kind of got together, I mean, did you find that there was like overlap between what you guys were interested in? Or do you think you brought something different? You brought something different. Oh, 100 percent. I don't really I don't even think there was that much overlap now that I really think about it. Like yeah. he 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 was like into like uh, a lot of like New York and New York rap like Nas and stuff. Like that. And then he also kind of like was also very interested in like. 
Oh, I can hear you perfectly now. Yeah, so sorry, let's just go oh, back yeah? to that last question then. So, uh, yeah, I can hear you fine now. So, yeah, so you uh, and King Barry, so you were saying he, he was kind of like more into uh, the kind of New York rap scene. Yeah, 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 he was into that. And then obviously, like, he was he was a big fan of, like, Travis Scott and stuff like that. And then when we, when we got together and we started making music, he kind of, like, inspired me to start, like, doing different things, like, using auto-tune and just rapping in a different way so like that and that sort of way we ended up overlapping but our our influences were kind of different at the start yeah and then so with the spider in the crown then so you're you're yeah. talking about as kind of a collective then so um when it kind of comes to the sort of the artists you'd be looking um to kind of work with um like what is there any kind of like commonalities between them or do you feel like you know um if there's if so much is interesting that's all that really matters i think it's like i think a big thing for us Cause like over the years we've had a chance to work with like different collectives. Like we, you know, in like 2020 with COVID, we were part of some group called the Corner Boys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've kind of learned now is like people can be interested in music, but a lot of people can kind of treat it as a hobby. I think what kind of people we're looking for is like people that are like ready to work. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. ready to like really work and work hard. And is is this like the thing that you imagine? feeding your kids with or like is it what you imagine buying your first house with if that's what it is then you're locked in with us like that's the same kind of mentality that we have so it's kind of like whatever sacrifice you need to take for it whatever like you'd stop at nothing type type of way you know absolutely and yeah so i mean like recently you guys um headlined the the sound house for example was that like sort of first like really big headlining gig you done or uh no we 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 co-headlined uh, a show before with an artist from Wicklow called Six Sense, yeah. and that was like my first ever sort of um, of my own performance. I mean, I think through my college years, I'd asked to do like a couple of like Afro balls and whatever little performances here or there. But that Sandhouse show was our first ever solo. It's just me, and we, you know, we and we and we did a great job. We sold it out, and you know, we uh, that was like our first uh, one there, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, obviously the single for uh, "Hit Me Up" was filmed there, and uh, I think that's like I, I was watching the video earlier, and it's like it's I think it's like really good like video production too. And um, do you think yeah. like that's also kind of so part of like a collective that people don't really think about because people just think of of the music, but I think like the the also the important part of like collectives is the behind the scenes people like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, our video guy Casper, he's a he's a big part of like everything that we have going on. We met him. I met him shortly after I met KB in first year. Hmm. Um, and he's so he's kind of been around with us for a long time and he kind of knows what kind of style we like. And he's just he's literally just a fly on the wall and, and catches these really great moments. And once I knew that, you know, uh, we wanted to make Hit Me Up a single and we wanted to put out a video for it and we knew we had enough footage from the show. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to chop it up and I'll make something nice for you guys. And, and he did. It was great. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about Hit Me Up then. So I, I think it's like really I was listening to it and I think it's just the word I would describe is just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's very, um, I don't know, like, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I think like a lot of uh, uh, rap and hip hop kind of in recent years is sort of getting very introspective and very political, which is good. But I think there is also the space for the people who just want to have a good time too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do you, sorry, good. No, yeah, no. Yeah. To piggyback off that. Yeah. You're, you're definitely right. It was definitely a record inspired from fun like we we wanted another single out before the show mm-hmm. 
and we were working on this song, but it was a bit more like dark and like just a bit more aggressive. And we liked it, but it was, we we're like, ah, oh, we weren't too sure about it. And then like, I remember KB went up to bed and then like, I found this Jersey club beat, which is the beat that hit me up was. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the song in like two hours. And I remember I like went up to his room and woke him up and I was like, yo, I think we got one. We got to go studio tomorrow. We got to go. And he was like, half asleep. He didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> That I came in the next morning and I was like, yeah, we're going to studio in like an hour. Let's go, let's go. We all record this. And then it just ended up being like that kind of song. So it was so like organic, the process. Yeah. And like, was it, was the intent kind of, because um, I think this was like kind of what the, the press release was hitting at was that uh, it was kind of like a summer anthem in a way, or like it was, it was yeah. just like a feel good kind of, you know, and I definitely get that. I mean, it feels like really just like, you know, chill, I guess. Yeah, 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 definitely. We were definitely going for, summer vibes we made it in like march so we knew that like yo the weather's starting to get a bit better yeah this is the kind of song that people want to hear um you know because we're just thinking of like where where we like to listen to music so like all the guys are over maybe you're having a few drinks it's sunny whatever it is yeah that's the kind of song you just kind of want playing in the background you know absolutely that was the thought about it and then obviously you know getting it on radio as well yeah so you know, we've had an opportunity lately to get our songs on the radio, and these are the kind of songs that people want to hear at this t- kind of time. So it just made sense. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you're from uh, Cavan, is that correct? Yeah, I am. Yeah. So most of like um, the kind of the hip hop scene in in Ireland is kind of centralized in like Dublin. What do you think being yeah. from outside Dublin kind of adds like a different perspective? Or oh yeah, hundred and ten percent. I feel like um, you know you can ask anyone, Cavan. Like I'm kind of like the first person to do this can you hear that in the background okay. no no it's good all right yeah i'm kind of like the first person to to really start this music thing i mean obviously since i have begun there are people who have started making music and i feel like when i just got to dublin it, it, it added like a chip on my shoulder for mm-hmm. sure because like i wasn't known i wasn't able to get songs with the big guys you know no one was really giving me that look so i really had to like work for like you know what i mean everything that i've kind of gotten recently do you know what i mean yeah and was there any kind of scene in Cavan or did you have to kind of go to Dublin to, to find that? Yeah, it was, there was no, there was not really a scene in Cavan. No, not at all. Um, I kind of did have to go to Dublin mm-hmm. and it, it coincided with me starting college because I went to college in Dublin. So um, that was really when it all began and the scene was like bubbling in Dublin at that time. So it was really, really competitive. So yeah, there was, but there was no scene in Cavan at that time. Yeah, and I think like the the interesting about what you're saying then is like if you go to Dublin and you're kind of uh, you're still making it when there is like competition rather than just being in a place like Cavan where there doesn't really seem to be any competition. I mean, I think that kind of shows your merit in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That was um that was a big th- that was a big driving factor for us. It was um, to get known, to get respected. You know, for the longest time we thought we we're like. We'd listen to everyone's music and we'd be like, oh, we're 10 times better. And mm-hmm. oh, we why aren't we getting those shows or why aren't we getting radio play? Now, honestly, back then we just weren't good. <laughs> okay. But uh, but like we've worked towards it and like we've gotten better since. So now we feel in a really comfortable place that like, yeah, we can't hang with like, you know, the big leagues, you know. Do you um think it's important for artists of any type to to kind of strive for improvement and to kind of not get complacent? And how do you feel that like you know, you're we, just before we start recording, you were talking about like you just came back from the studio. How do you feel that you're kind of um, building on the blocks you've already established, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like incredibly important 
to like, you know, at the end of the day, you, you want to make music for yourself and you want to make music for um, how you feel and what you feel about certain situations. But, you know, kind of spending all your time obsessing about, you know, other artists and what they're doing and where they're going is it's a good and bad thing because a it keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, I, I always equate music to sports. You know, it's kind of like, sure. yeah, you could be working super, super hard. But like if there's this kid who's at the court playing basketball, who's just kind of better than everyone else, you want to be better than the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's there's that level of it. But another level of it is like, yeah, you still have to do it for yourself and stay true to what you believed in when you first ever started it. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing I was a little unclear um, of. So when did um when did you start rapping? Like at what age and how old are you now? Okay, so I'm I'm 22 now. Mm-hmm. I started rapping seriously at like 17, yeah. and I've I started like writing raps at like 11 or 12 because we were like we we're just me and my brothers were like big Disney Channel kids. Yeah. So like we used to watch like you know like Lemonade Math or whatever it is, and we'd hear a rap, and then we'd get so excited, and like I want to start writing raps and stuff like that. But I wasn't taking it seriously. I started taking it seriously at like 17. Yeah, and um, is that at 17? Is that when you started rapping under the name Bless? Yeah, yeah, that's when I started rapping under the name Bless. Um, would have been, would have, yeah, it would have been my 17. Um, I tried so many different other names before. Like I had like IBK and I forget what other names I had, but then yeah, that was really when Bless became a thing. That kind of um, Jersey style you were talking about earlier, I think, is very, um, is a very signature thing uh, for you and uh, like uh, of the music I've heard so far. I mean, obviously, I don't, yeah, I don't know what like future plans are, but I think of now it's a it's a very distinctive thing because like I feel in our in an Irish context, and I don't know if you agree with this, but like you don't really hear that. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't really hear the kind of Jersey club uh, mixes. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. Of course. I mean, a part of it was like. You know, when we make music, we want to be relevant, of course, but we also want to be different to what everyone's putting out. And if we're looking at the scene and we're like, okay, it's flooded with these dark drill beats, okay, let's come with something completely different. And, you know, in, in, in New York and different parts of the world, the Jersey Club sound is is like popping. So we're like, yo, let's be one of the first people to do it here. Yeah. And that's kind of where Hit Me Up came from. And I mean, it has been obviously proven popular. I think there is like um, a uniqueness to what you're doing. And I think there is like, um, what do you call it? A, a novelty in a way, like it's, it feels like fresh, you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in large context. Um, and yeah. do you think that's how the reception's been to you? Oh yeah, 100%. I remember when I dropped, like when I dropped it, um, people were really, really like messing with it. Mm-hmm. And then a week later was the headline show. Yeah. Um, when that came on, it was like, it was like a new beast, you know what I mean? Like as soon as that hook came on and everyone was singing Hit Me Up, like the whole place was singing it back to me. Like I didn't even have to sing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's those moments when you're at a show and you kind of realize, oh, okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, okay, they like this one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, what's the plan, I guess, Sam, for your collective? Oh, the plan is uh, honestly to just keep growing, keep, keep striving, keep working hard. Um, you know, in the next sort of year or two, we'll be looking to like sort of bring more people on board. Um, I feel like we've, we've grown the team slightly in the last year. We've added a manager. Obviously, we have full-time video staff now. Uh, KB's obviously in charge of, you know, mixing and music production. But um, we're still looking to, you know, have someone on photography, maybe a couple more artists, you know what I mean? So we just, we do actually want to just grow. 
And what do you think you guys do differently to other collectives that are out there? Um, I think I think what we what we do differently is probably just our attention to detail and obsessing over the tiniest little detail. Um, I think having that in your back pocket will make you like almost dangerous. You know what I mean? Compared to just someone who just, you know, people can just make music, but what are we, what are you going to do to really make sure that this music is heard or people really love this music? And we have a few trade secrets that like, you know, that we employ to make sure that we're, we're heard, you know? Absolutely. And that's perfect. And I guess I'll just ask like two more questions. So uh, second yeah. last one would be just, uh, yeah, can the music that you're releasing so far, is it building up to an EP or an album? Oh, man, <laughs> I, I wish. Um, we plan on dropping like our first album, like like late 2024. Okay. Sometime like that. We want to make sure we have a little bit of motion because like we've been talking about this album for like, years yeah. and we want to make sure that when we drop something it's like something that like it's not just ireland that's hearing but like the whole world so we want to get a little bit more momentum behind our name you know absolutely and yeah i think also like uh releasing singles is a good way of of constantly um what do you call it retaining a fan base because if you release an album it's like one and done that's it until the next one but if you're releasing yeah. singles every couple of months you're getting a new thing and it kind of keeps of people, it keeps people uh retained you know what i mean yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, facts. That, that that's definitely the plan to just um keep like remain on the forefront of everyone's mind. You know what I mean? Would you guys ever consider maybe doing a compilation album of all your artists once you have more oh. people under your belt? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. We were we were, we were on a walk like uh last week and we we're all talking about that. Yeah. We we're like, oh, what would that sound like? So yeah, definitely. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. It's like a dream of mine. That that's like I always love that when when like labels and collectives do that the kind of comp- the, so it's, yeah. it's it's just a great way I think of discovering new music but also I think um and I don't know if you agree with me on this but I think even with all the kind of like new ways of marketing and stuff I still think the best way of um discovering new artists is just through life just seeing them at like you know as a sport act or like at a festival or something you know yeah one hundred percent we 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 say that to each other all the time I feel like. You can be a presence online, but mm-hmm. you truly solidify a, 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 a fan base when you're seen live. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because they get to like, you know, live the music with you on that stage, you know? Yeah. And that's something I think um, a lot of people miss during lockdown. And now because after people understand the kind of importance and significance of that, um, how, how do you feel like about being a musician, I guess, like during the lockdown when you were still kind of growing? Oh yeah, it was. Um, when I look back on it, it was like it was some of my most fun times I've had making music. And whether whether the music or not was like great, yeah. <laughs> I'm not too sure. But like it was literally like you know, because lockdown happened nearly like towards the end of the academic year, kind of in summer. So it was literally just waking up every day and in the studio, like in my home studio, just recording, recording, send away stems to for KB, and then we get on calls for like six seven hours and just work on those songs and build them up together like i i really enjoy that time but it was it, it, this the the worst part of it is not being able to take the music out anywhere you know what i mean people Absolutely. couldn't hear it they yeah. were stuck at home yeah man and but like now you guys are are uh, obviously making up for that and do you have any more live uh, events planned for the meantime or yeah yeah definitely we want to spin back in like late august with another live show hopefully we can 
um, secure a bigger venue. I know the team is is working towards um, securing a date right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, we want to do a bigger venue um, like by the end of summer. Would that be a showcase or just a headline show? Probably, probably just another headline show. Probably just another headline show, and yeah. you know, I'll, I'll bring, I'll bring through some surprise guests and stuff like that. Nice. So, um, but um, one thing I just thought of now, actually, do you, um, do you guys like scout live? Do you like check out um, shows to try and see people that kind of way? Yeah, at least um, I do. Um, I know I do for sure. Like I, um, I remember going to like Fortune show, and I, I go to some of these showcases at like. Um, the grand social or whatever yeah. and i'll just i'll just go kind of like it's almost like it's to enjoy the music of course but also to like scout competition you know what i mean i want to see yeah. like what can i add to like my live shows to make them better what can i you know like how how are people's songs translating when they perform them live so like i love seeing that type of stuff yeah and how do you think like um i mean like because you know obviously playing the sound house it's a great venue but like the options are kind of limited in terms of what you can do as a stage production. So how do you kind of yeah. make the live show interesting given the parameters of the venue? I think um, one thing that like we get complimented for a lot is like crowd control. Yeah. I think because like, you know, of course I'd love to do the whole like arena set up and have like the fire and the smoke and everything like that. But yeah. like we, because we can't do that, we, we place a big focus on making sure the crowd is engaged throughout the whole hour long set or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Keeping them involved, doing things that involve them, getting them to sing along and, you know, making sure that they're having just as much of a good time as I am. Perfect, man. Um, that, that's all I had to ask. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Or? Um, no, not in particular, man. I just, I just want to say that, you know, this was like, you did a really, really great job. Like it was, um, uh, a really great interview and you like you did your like homework and your research and like I salute you for that and I just hope that like you know like you can you can get where you want to go in your journalism career you know what I mean because you deserve it I really do appreciate that man that's very nice yeah. and yeah. same for you of course obviously yeah thank you very thank you thank you so much thank you for listening to that episode of postburnout.com interviews we hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for more